0: it's seven a m on the west coast ten a m on the east coast of america three p m in london eleven p m in kyoto japan and in malaysia it's somewhere after the year three hundred c e otherwise known as the start of the dark ages i'm j sheldon and I'm not wearing pants. <laughs> Hello, welcome in everybody. Hello to our new viewers on Rumble.com. Yes, we are live on Facebook Live, YouTube, J. Sheldon Malaysia channel, Twitch.tv, J. Sheldon No Pants. You know, I should be consistent. I should have the same URL everywhere, but. I don't. And rumble.com slash Jay Sheldon. Just look for I'm Not Wearing Pants or that logo. And we are live on Rumble. Uh, I have to tell you, though, Rumble is so delayed. Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, not bad. There's a delay, of course, from the time I say something to the time you see it. But on Rumble, by the time we get through the 45 minutes or an hour of this show... It's like 10 minutes behind feeding the stream out there. So when I hit end stream, Rumble shuts down, and I'm not actually finished yet. Not to worry if you watch on Rumble and you want to see the whole show and you're not watching live now, you can go to J. Sheldon No Pants over on Rumble. All of our episodes, we upload all 100 and what after tonight? 116 episodes. Wow. Wow. <laughs> I've been talking crap for 116 nights. That's frightening. Uh, So anyway, if Rumble cuts the stream early, which it does because of the lag... You can see the full show at J. Sheldon No Pants. It'll be up there. And hello to all of our podcast listeners. Thank you so much for your downloads and your listens. I really appreciate the subscriptions. Uh, They're doing great. And thank you to all the podcast listeners, the audio portion of our show over on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, wherever you find your podcast, you find us. So thank you for that. All right. It, hey, if you're in Malaysia, have you seen the moon tonight? Oh, man, it is, it's is—it's a crystal clear night. There's actually, even here in suburban KL, where I live, uh, there's a few puffy fairweather kind of clouds, but the, the night is really quite clear, and the moon is not yet full. I think it's got another day or two or three before it gets full, full, actual full. But tonight, it's bright, and it's almost full, and it's Gorgeous. If you get a chance, stick your hat out the window or go outside and look up because the moon is really, really nice tonight. All right. Speaking of things that are nice tonight, it's time. Miko update. (laughs) Miko update. (laughs) Yes. She's doing very well and um, she had a, a great. day and a great walk tonight too we had a lot of fun on our walk tonight and um where is it i gotta i gotta share this with you um when was it yesterday it was yesterday yeah because wow this is monday so yesterday we went to a different dog park we very often go to desa park city which is a beautiful place they welcome uh, dogs there and um we went to Central Park, which is right by Wanutama. And uh, if you're not from Malaysia, just it's a nice little park. It's not as big as Desa Park City. But um, we were in a, a telegram group where a bunch of Shiba owners had chatted up and decided that they wanted to get together yesterday. So we went there and we, of course, we brought Miko. And there were probably, I don't know, six, eight ten shiba inus they were great and in fact uh yiching ma made a, a post of some uh, pictures and videos that uh, that she took let me hang on a quick second i just gotta do a little technical mumbo jumbo here and pow there we go. Uh, these are thank you to uh, Yiching. I uh, appreciate that very much. Uh, she posted some... Whoops, why did I lose my headphones? Hang on. i get it back. There we go. Okay, that's a little bit better. Okay, so she posted some uh, video and, audio, uh, and, and shots, still shots. I'm not going to play the music because I'll get a copyright strike. Uh, it's actually quite loud in my headphones, so maybe you can hear it. But this is Nico her dog and this is Miko our dog so Miko's there you go look at this they're trying to get a little budding romance going here there's uh Ching with uh with Miko and uh there you go gorgeous and there is Nico fantastic let me show you some of the uh, some of the still pictures here's the loving couple that's, uh, that's Miko over there on the right side of the shot. And on the left is Niko. You know, I noticed all the male Shiba Inus have this huge tongue. That's not a fault of the lens. Look at Miko's tongue compared to Niko's tongue. It's huge. <laughs> and uh, there's uh, Yi-Ting again with, um, with Miko. And uh, we actually, I'll, uh, I'll give you a little inside baseball, folks. We actually did talk about the idea of maybe getting Nico and Miko together, if you know what I mean. Um, We haven't fully decided yet, but it's on the table. Uh, Miko had her first cycle uh, about four or five months ago, maybe three or four months ago. Um, and we were going to get her fixed. Um, we put it off because of some other medical issues. But um, I'm so torn. I, um, I don't know. Um, we're discussing it. It's on the table. Uh, I don't know. I won't get into it now. But just so you know that uh, the, the possibility exists, we're thinking about it. So. Anyway, <laughs> all right. So talking about dogs and pregnancy and menstrual cycles. <gasps> oh, my God. Avert your eyes. Close your ears. Actually, if you are, uh, if you are one of the psycho mumbo jumbo people in uh, Malaysia, you might just want to do that. Why did my camera lock? That's really weird. Huh, look at that. It locked. I don't know. Let's switch to camera two now for a while and see if we can't figure out why that camera decided to on the air so okay now my mic is back and for some reason the other camera is still locked that's really weird uh i'm gonna try a little strange experiment here so Bear with me while I muck around here and try and figure out what's going on. No, the camera is locked. Look at that. All right. (laughs) Strange. How about my Facebook review? Nope, that's hanging out there. This is really weird, folks. I don't know why, but that camera just suddenly decided it just doesn't want to play ball anymore. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Oh, man. Okay, I can see I still have audio. So that's working at least. Um, Yeah, I'm going to keep going, and you're just going to have to live with the still images until the cameras decide they want to unlock themselves. Um, (laughs) This is funny. Oh, and it's a great pose, too. That's just a brilliant, brilliant pose I've got going on on my... uh, on my live stream very nice <laughs> let me looking around here i'm looking at all my channels checking this out okay i don't know what's going on but for some reason it just decided to to go away i'm trying to fix it as we work i do have some things to talk about tonight by the way so uh don't go too far away we'll figure it out uh let's see cam 2 cam 2 is uh still frozen yeah That's very helpful. Thank you very much. Okay, does this work? Nope, that doesn't do anything either. Hey, you get to see a lot of behind the scenes tonight. That's a good thing, right? Mm, Yeah. I can't reboot the system or we're terribly screwed. (laughs) So we're going to do a podcast with still images. How does that sound? Oh, my. Unbelievable. I have no idea what happened or why. Um, I'm still trying everything I know to pop back on, and it just isn't happening. Okay, I can monitor my microphone, I can see that it's there. Well, at the moment, we have a podcast with still images. There you go. <laughs> oh, man. All right, uh, we're going to try, if it works or not, I can't promise, to uh, get on to the topics that uh, we were going to talk about tonight. And I will... There we go. Okay. How about this one? What happens if I do this? Bear with me, folks. I'm, gonna, I'm trying my damnedest to get this thing to work again. It just doesn't want to play ball. I don't know why. Okay. Um, all right, <clears throat> moving on. Let's try and go over here to uh, Facebook review. Again, sorry for the still images. It's the best I can do at the moment. Um, we had a, a ridiculous, idiotic... Con- it's, it's a controversy that's not a controversy, actually. Uh, here in Malaysia in the last few days... Uh Bress, and I hope I'm saying that right, which is a brand of uh, sanitary pads. Uh, I, I assume it's a worldwide brand, but we also have the brand here in Malaysia. And uh, some goofy moron group. And by the way, this is not a religious thing. This is not a morals thing. This is to get your head out of your ass and try and at least live in the 21st century, at least the beginning maybe of the 21st century instead of the Dark Ages. So this, these, uh, this moron uh, writes, uh, to misuse an image of a woman's private part on the advertisement design of your sanitary products is a dishonor to women. What happened was uh, LaBreeze, Le- uh, I guess, is, uh, has done a, a campaign called Love Your V. And it's a brilliant marketing campaign. And they've designed uh, the packaging for the campaign. Sadly, they caved to these goofballs and have uh, have basically just... um. Uh, withdrawn the campaign and withdrawn the cute little video that went with it, um, sadly. Uh, but uh, it, it's, it's, it was completely non-offensive. It was very realistic. And uh, to those of you who might be saying, well, you're a man, why would you care or comment? Uh, Because you know what? I may, yes, be a man, but I also care very much about uh, my female friends. And, um, you know, there's there's a lot of issues with uh, this kind of stuff, particularly here um, where and it's by the way, also, it's not an East culture, West culture thing. It's just not. Stop with that stupid foolishness, too. Um, people should talk about these things, and uh, people need to be educated about these things. And the more we we kind of uh, you know, clutch at our pearls and go, "Oh, you can't do that. You can't talk about this. It's an affront to us." Uh, you know, well, bull crap. Um, this is uh, an article from uh, FocusMalaysia.my about the controversy. Netizens have backed sanitary pad maker, and uh, good for you. Uh, despite being forced to pull down its advertising, again, it's a shame that they, they wound up having to do that, um, but uh, because of an uproar from a, a group, a female hygiene product maker, Labress Malaysia, received support on local media for its courage and that is a good word for it, courage in starting a conversation about menstruation and vaginal health. Uh, why is this a problem? LaBressa is doing a great job at educating women about their private parts, and it's actually sad that you need a company to educate, uh, to educate us. Uh, one of the uh, tweets that went out, or comments, I suppose, maybe on the Facebook page, uh, user I said, uh, again, all these are public, so I'm not You know, there's no private conversations here. I'm not airing these. These are public uh, things. Uh, This should be taught in school and at home because some women still don't know how to take care of their own private parts. Now, this is what I'm talking about. Um, User Shazalia Sapri added, What a shame. You should work on something reliable other than questing the LaBresse advertisements. Last week, they published an ad using the theme V. Kabaia, launching a limited edition line of sanitary pads using packages decorated with floral pictures inspired by the Nonia Kabaya and the vulva. And um, the new theme was aimed at breaking, encouraging women to feel confident about their bodies, including their private parts. And it was part of their long-running "Know Your V," aimed at campaigning to educate women on genital health. So a noble cause. The ads, and uh, that's you know what? That's a loss. That's a loss for the women of Malaysia. And I'm sorry that you had to deal with that uh, that crap. I'm also sorry that my cameras are not working tonight. There's just a still image up there. I know. If you just tuned in, we had a major mal- malfunction, so we're going to keep on going. We've got an audio show going anyway, and uh, we'll keep this uh, we'll keep this going, even though there's no uh, there's no video to accompany the audio. Some people are staying with us. That's all right. Thank you for that. Appreciate it. Uh, again, I'm doing my damnedest to try and get this thing to work. And for some reason, it's not. So there we go. Hey, it came back. All right. I got cam one working. Let's try cam two. Let me see if we can make that happen. Yep. Looks like crap, but we got it. I fixed it. Yay. Big round of applause for the idiot. He actually made it work. Now I just got to get my headphones to work. But you know what? If I've got the cameras, I'm good. <laughs> okay. Uh, cameras are back up and running. So now we look more like an actual live stream. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh, man. Unbelievable. I should have tried that in the first place. All right. So we... we. T- <laughs> I need some coffee. Hold on. Sorry. <sighs> oh. By the way, if you want to go to twitch.tv, uh, check out Miko merch here. You can get our mugs with our show logo on there. See that? looks just like that. There you go. And uh, also, it's got Miko's picture on there. We've got t-shirts. we got uh, mouse pads, stickers, hoodies, baseball caps, all kinds of cool stuff over there. Twitch.tv. Look for uh, Jay Sheldon No Pants merch. Uh, tonight, by the way, check this out. Now that I got my cameras back. This is my dabbing Shiba Inu shirt. Cool, huh? Oh, yeah. Is it dabbing or daubing? I think it's dabbing. I don't know. This pop culture is like over the head. Okay. All right. Um, I have have the best story. I have the best story coming up. This is so sweet. This is from uh, RonProject.com. Uh, the hat tip to ronproject.com. It's a story, I believe it came out of the U.S., and uh, let me just share this with you over here. A five-year-old insisted he has a twin in his class, and the teacher sent mom a picture of he and his twin, and she breaks down, and here's the story behind that. Uh, Brittany Tankersley, was not sure, even hesitant, but found herself at a local Walmart late at night trying to find matching shirts for her son and his friend, who insists that his friend looks exactly like him. All right, you following me? Apparently what happened was there was something called Twins Day, in his class, at his school. Uh, Miles, her son, was so sure, he kept insisting. Brittany, being the awesome mom that she is, decided to go ahead and look for the shirts. There's, uh, there's Miles. Is it Miles? Yeah, Miles. That's uh, her son. And um, she never saw Tanner, uh, Miles' friend, so she had no idea whether her son was accurate or not, that they, they were twins, but her son insisted they looked like twins. That was the only description she had was that both boys had dark hair and brown eyes. Well, he went on about how they looked exactly the same. We both have brown eyes. We both have dark hair. And he was just adamant about the fact that this kid was his twin, the kid in his class. So off to Walmart she went and uh, found him a set of match after an hour, uh, found him a set of matching shirts, and twin day was just one of the dress-up days for Red Ribbon Week at their school. A daughter had already had a twin, and we planned for a few weeks, but Miles was in kindergarten, so I didn't know any parents to contact in his class. There's the family there. All right. Brittany continued. He popped up and said, oh, I asked Tanner if he wanted to be my twin tomorrow, and he said yes. I'm just sitting there at eight o'clock at night like Who's Tanner? I don't know his mom. What size is he? This was after Brittany told her daughter to be ready with her outfit for the next day, and that's when Miles had a light bulb moment. When twin day finally came, Miles' teacher sent Brittany, the mom, a photograph. All her late night hunting had truly paid off because this was Miles' twin. Check it out. Again, if you're listening on the podcast, check out the video of our show. It's over on rumble.com slash J Sheldon, no pants, but look at this and what an amazing shot. And indeed both guys have got the shirt on <laughs> and, um, they end this story by saying the photo brought Brittany to tears and, um, my heart melted. Obviously, Two very different children. But Miles, well, Miles didn't see that. Wouldn't the world be such a better place if we could all view it through the eyes of a couple of five-year-olds? Wow. That's an amazing story. I love that. I had to share it with you. Again, that's from the folks at uh, Ron Project, R-O-N Project, com if you want to uh, to read the whole story well worth your time that's incredible all right and I found uh, one other incredible story i I had to had to share with you in fact over on the uh, the page uh, random acts Malaysia on Facebook uh, i I produce a show over there uh, it's because of the lockdowns and the pandemic and all we haven't been able to go out and shoot hardly at all uh, for the last year and a half or more so we been, been posting a lot of the stories that we find. It mostly has to do with Malaysia and Malaysians who do random acts of kindness and the good things that common, ordinary people do. And so we like to, you know, they, they seldom get a tip of the hat and a, and a thank you. So our show tries to, you know, not not the NGOs and the big organizations that do public good things, and they do. They do wonderful, wonderful things. But the the common, ordinary people, the regular guys and gals, who, who do nice things? So our show tries to uh, tries to give them a, a a high ho, and a tip of the hat. But I found this again. It's it's from the U.S. It's not not from Malaysia, but it was such an amazing story. I absolutely had to share this. Uh, this fellow Chris Blaze posted this again. It's a public post, but he said he went to buy a Samsung washer and dryer. From a guy, uh, it was an online deal. It was a used Samsung washer dryer. The guy was asking five hundred bucks for it, and uh, I told him I just had a kid, and asked if he could take four hundred, and told him I'd be really grateful. So the guy said yes. He got home, he hooked up everything, and everything worked great. And he opened up the dryer to check the lint filter, and he was shocked because inside the dryer was his four hundred bucks. I got a message from the seller of the washer and dryer that said, check the dryer, a gift for the new baby. Man, words cannot describe how grateful I am right now, he writes. I feel so blessed that I had to share, and a big shout out to the man, David. Thank you so much. What an incredible story. Yeah, that is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Fantastic. I I had to share that because it's just too cool not to share. Puts the 400 bucks in the dryer and gives it back to the guy. Gives him the washer and dryer. Folks, in spite of the fact that... um, (laughs) that we see these ridiculous stories like the one that started our show tonight. There are some, not just good people in the world, there are some amazing people in this world that do random acts of kindness out of the goodness of their heart. Their hearts are in exactly the right place. Pay it forward. If you have a chance to, to even do the simplest of things, help an old person across the street, take out their trash, uh, give someone a lift or a ride, donate a small amount, whatever you can afford. Every little thing you do goes to paying it forward and goes in your good karma bin. And uh, uh, seriously, there, some of these stories like this just floor me. It's amazing, uh, the, the, the amazing things that people do. Wow. All right, got one more to share, and then we're going to move on to our book tonight. Uh, We're doing The War of the Worlds. As you know, H.G. Wells, we've been reading uh, that classic book a chapter at a time, all the way till we get through the end. We've already done a bunch of uh, these books, uh, Alice in Wonderland, The Wizard of Oz, uh, Little Prince, Velveteen Rabbit, Peter Pan. So right now it's The War of the Worlds, which is the original H.G. Wells uh, book. Anyway, before we get to that, These are some some odd things. It's from uh, Ranker.com. And what things... Well, let me show you the headline here from uh, Ranker.com. Things that are normal for most of the world that Americans may find confusing. Now, next year, God willing, I will have been in Malaysia for 20 years. So I'd like to think I'm mostly Malaysian. I'm not. But my heart is, and it will always be, because I, in spite of all of its ridiculous foibles, the people who are all that really matter are what make this country. And in spite of some goofy ones, we've got a lot more really good people here in this country. So never mind the headlines. Look to the streets. Look to the real people those are the folks you can tell that have a smile on their face and their hearts in the right place. And those are the people who make us foreigners all feel so welcome and, and part of the real family that is Malaysia. Having waxed philosophical for a while, let's get back to the funny business. (laughs) And this is true. These, these things are so true. Um, For uh, the U.S. is a huge country and uh, many Americans believe their entire lives, uh, live their entire lives, I mean, and never got outside of the U.S. or sometimes even their own home state. It was a case for me for a long time before I moved to the Florida Keys. Um, So most people in the U.S. have this two things. And again, this boy, same thing. They believe whatever comes out of that little 19-inch square idiot box, and God help you if you watch CNN for any of your news, because obviously the term fake news couldn't apply anymore, but uh, beyond just the fake news and the idiot box of where you get your impression of the rest of the world from, when you actually get out of the country and experience it, it's a mind-numbing rude awakening on a lot of things, even some simple stuff like this. The tax is included in the price. You buy a $20 item and actually you pay 20 bucks at the register. Um, in America, I remember again, it's been almost 20 years now, but, um, You would always have to go, okay, this is 10 bucks, but then there's seven and a half percent sales tax or whatever it is. I think it was seven and a half when I lived in Connecticut. Uh, So you'd have to like do the, because when you get to the register, they're going to charge you the 10 bucks and then the sales tax on top of it. Uh, Medications are sold at a reasonable price. Uh, Selling insulin at a normal price. I, this, uh, Reddit user said, uh, re-editor, I should say. Um, I live in Australia and my poodle Elvis gets subsidized insulin for his diabetes. It's crazy. My country values my puppy more than America values its tax paying citizens. Yeah. Um, now this is what, there's a whole bunch. I'm not going to read them all. I encourage you to go over to ranker.com and check this out. Um, this is one that still freaks me out because my whole life 50 over some odd years you buy eggs and you keep them in the refrigerator of course you keep them who doesn't keep their eggs in the refrigerator you put your eggs in the refrigerator no actually you don't americans do but here excuse me, I've never seen the eggs in a refrigerator unless I put them there, and I've stopped doing that. Keeping unwashed eggs at room temperature, even after explaining why it works to my friends, they all think of it as gross and unhygienic. To which the Redditor replied, wait, you guys refrigerate your eggs? And another uh, user responded, yeah, it's legally required for them to be washed. Uh, see, now this explains the difference. Because in the U.S., it is a legal requirement for the eggs to be washed. And that takes away this protective barrier, which forces them to be always refrigerated. Americans are like, what the WTF? They, they can just leave their eggs out. How unsanitary. The problem is that washing the eggs means they can be really gross before washing, leaving the hens in bad condition. In Europe, hens get better conditions because they want the eggs to stay as clean as possible. Here in Malaysia, the eggs are relatively clean. Actually, they're quite clean. I've got a a, a dozen eggs downstairs, and there's no goo on the outside of any of them. But again, they're sitting on top of the refrigerator, not in the refrigerator. Um, uh, let's see, they, they want the eggs to stay as clean as possible. So anyway, uh, no, we don't keep our eggs in the refrigerator here in Malaysia, and apparently in, uh, in a number of other countries too. So how about you? Do you keep your eggs in the refrigerator where you live? I know if you're in America, you're thinking, who doesn't? But... Welcome to the rest of the world. (laughs) That's Yeah, really, it's uh, it's just the strangest thing. All right, hang on. There we go. Okay, Uh, it's time. It's time to move on to our book. We do this, uh, as we mentioned, um, we do this regularly on our show at the end of every live stream. We take the last 20 minutes or so and read a chapter in a classic book as we mentioned before, we've we've done uh, tons of these books. And uh, if you'd like, you can head over to patreon.com slash Sheldon to help support the show. There's three different tier levels. The first one is just basically like buy me a coffee once a month and it helps to support the show. And thank you very much for that. Appreciate it. Very small, tiny, tiny little amount. We even reduced it. So even when you do the conversion to ringgit, it's still, it's very cheap support me Uh, tier two gets you access to a special uh uh, site where you can we've set up a channel where you can just get the book portion of our show so all the books are there listed chapter one two three four five six all the way through sometimes we read more than one chapter Sometimes a half a chapter part one part two but they're all there sequentially very well organized And so basically, it's like an audio book you're getting. So that's a special feature if you're at the second tier level over on patreon.com slash Jay Sheldon. And if you are, thank you. Appreciate it very much. Okay, last bit of begging plug I'm going to do for tonight. So let's move up and on and over to uh, The War of the Worlds from H.G. Wells. This is the original book published back in, uh, what, 1898, I think it was, as a magazine serial. 1897, and then in 1898, the first novel was uh, actually published um, from H.G. Wells in a novel form, in a, in a hardcover book. So on and up into chapter 12, what I saw of the destruction of Weybridge and Shepperton. As the dawn grew brighter, we withdrew from the window from which we had watched the Martians and went very quietly, downstairs. The artilleryman agreed with me that the house was no place to stay in. He proposed, he said, to make his way Londonward and thence rejoin his battery, number 12 of the horse artillery. My plan was to return at once to Leatherhead, and so greatly had the strength of the Martians impressed me that I determined to take my wife to New Haven and go out with her out of the country forthwith for I had already perceived clearly that the country about London must inevitably be the scene of a disastrous struggle before such creatures as these could be destroyed. Between us and Leatherhead, however, lay a third cylinder, with its guarding giants. Had I been alone, I think I should have taken my chance and struck across the country, but the artilleryman dissuaded me, It's no kindness to the right sort of wife, he said, to make her a widow, and in the end I agreed to go with him under the cover of the woods, northward, as far as Street Chobham before I parted with him. Thence I would make a big detour by Epsom to reach Leatherhead. I should have started at once, but my companion had been in active service, and he knew better than that. He made me ransack the house for a flask, which he filled with whiskey, and we lined every available pocket with packets of biscuits and slices of meat. Then we crept out of the house and ran as quickly as we could down the ill-made road by which I had come overnight. The houses seemed deserted. In the road lay a group of three charred bodies close together, struck dead by the heat ray, and here and there were things that people had dropped, a clock, a slipper, a silver spoon, and the like poor valuables. At the corner turning up toward the post office, a little cart filled with boxes and furniture, horseless, heeled over on a broken wheel. A cash box had been hastily smashed open and thrown under the debris. Except the lodge at the orphanage, which was still on fire, none of the houses had suffered very greatly here. The heat ray had shaved the chimney-tops and passed. Yet, save ourselves, there did not seem to be a living soul on Maybury Hill. The majority of the inhabitants had escaped, I suppose, by way of the old walking road. The road I had taken when I drove to Leatherhead, or they had hidden. We went down the lane by the body of the man in black, sodden now from the overnight hail, and broke into the woods at the foot of the hill. We pushed through these towards the railway without meeting a soul. The woods across the line were but the scarred and blackened ruins of woods. For the most part the trees had fallen, but a certain portion still stood, dismal gray stems with dark brown foliage instead of green. On our side, the fire had done no more than scorch the nearer trees. It had failed to secure its footing. In one place, the woodman had been at work on Saturday. Trees, felled by freshly trimmed, lay in a clearing with heaps of sawdust by the sawing machines and its engine. Hard by was a contemporary hut, deserted. There was not a breath of wind this morning, and everything was strangely still. Even the birds were hushed, and as we hurried along, I and the artilleryman talked in whispers, looked now and again over our shoulders, stopped once or twice to listen. After a time we drew near the road, and as we did so we heard the clatter of hoofs, and saw through the tree stems three cavalry soldiers riding slowly towards walking. We hailed them, and they halted while we hurried towards them. It was a lieutenant and a couple of privates of the Eighth Hussars, with a stand like a theodolite, which the artilleryman told me was a heliograph. You are the first men I have seen coming this way this morning, said the lieutenant. What's brewing? His face and voice were eager. The men behind him stared curiously, the Artilleryman jumped down the bank and onto the road and saluted. Gun destroyed last night, sir, have been hiding, trying to rejoin batteries, sir. You'll come in sight of the Martians, I expect, about half a mile along this road. What the dickens are they like? asked the lieutenant. Giants in armor, sir, hundred feet high, three legs and a body like aluminum with a mighty head in a hood, sir. Get out, said the lieutenant. What confounded nonsense. You'll see, sir. They carry a kind of box, sir, that shoots fire and strikes you dead. What do you mean, a a gun? Oh, no, sir, said the artilleryman, and began a vivid account of the heat ray. "'Halfway through, the lieutenant interrupted him and looked up at me. "'I was still standing on the bank by the side of the road. "'It's perfectly true,' I said. "'Well,' said the lieutenant, "'I suppose it's my business to see it, too. "'Look here,' to the artilleryman, "'we're detailed here, clearing people out of their houses. You'd, "'You'd better go along and report yourself to Brigadier General Marvin. "'Tell him all you know. "'He's at Weybridge. "'You know the way?' I do, I said, and he turned his horse southward again. Half a mile, you say, said he. At most, I answered, and pointed over the treetop southward. He thanked me and rode on, and we saw them no more. Farther along we came upon a group of three women and two children in the road, busy clearing out a laborer's cottage. They'd got a hold of a little hand-truck and were piling it up with unclean looking bundles and shabby furniture they were all too assiduously engaged to talk to us as we passed by By byfleet station we emerged from the pine trees and found the country calm and peaceful under the morning sunlight we were far beyond the range of the heat-ray there it had not been for the silent desertion of some of the houses "'the stirring movement of packing and others, "'and the knot of soldiers standing on the bridge over the railway "'and staring down the line toward walking, "'the day would have seemed very much like any other Sunday. "'Several farm wagons and carts were moving "'creakily along the road to Adelson, "'and suddenly, through the gate of a field, "'we saw across a stretch of flat meadow six pounders standing neatly "'at equal distances, pointing towards walking. "'The gunners stood by the guns waiting, "'and the ammunition wagons were at a business-like stance. "'The men stood almost as if under inspection. "'That's good,' said I. "'They will get one fair shot at any rate.' "'The artilleryman hesitated at the gate. "'I shall go on,' he said. Further on, towards Weybridge, just over the bridge, there were a number of men in white fatigue jackets, throwing up a long rampart, and more guns behind. It's bows and arrows against the lightning, anyhow, said the artilleryman. They haven't seen that fire beam yet. The officers, who were not actively engaged, stood and stared over the treetops southward. And the men digging would stop every now and then to stare in the same direction. Byfleet was a tumult people packing, scores of hussars, some of them dismounted, some on horseback, were hunting them about. Three or four black government wagons with crosses and white circles, and an old omnibus, among other vehicles, were being loaded in the village street. There were scores of people, most of them sufficiently sabbatical to have assumed their best clothes. The soldiers were having the greatest difficulty in making them realize the gravity of their position. We saw one shrivelled old fellow with a huge box and a score or more of flower pots containing orchids angrily expostulating with the corporal who would leave them behind. I stopped and grabbed his arm. Do you know what's over there? I said, pointing at the pine tops that hid the Martians. Eh? he said, turning. I was explaining these valuables. Death! I shouted. Death is coming! Death! And leaving him to digest that, if he could, I hurried on after the artilleryman. At the corner I looked back the soldier had left him and he was still standing by his box with his pots of orchids on the lid of it and staring vaguely over the trees no one in weybridge could tell us where the headquarters were established the whole place was in such confusion as i have never seen in any town before carts carriages everywhere the most astonishing miscellany of conveyances and horseflesh The respectable inhabitants of the place, men in golf and boating costumes, wives prettily dressed, were packing riverside loafers, energetically helping, children excited and, for the most part, highly delighted at this astonishing variation of their Sunday experiences. In the midst of it all, the worthy vicar was very pluckily holding an early celebration, and his bell was jangling out above the excitement. I and the artilleryman, seated on the step of the drinking fountain, made a very passable meal upon what we had brought with us. Patrols of soldiers, here no longer hussars, but grenadiers in white, were warning people to move now or take refuge in their cellars as soon as the firing began. We saw as we crossed the railroad bridge, and the swarming platform was piled with boxes and packages, the ordinary traffic had been stopped, I believe, in order to allow the passage of troops and guns to Chertsey, and I have heard since that a ravaged struggle occurred for places in the special trains that were put on at an hour later. We remained at Weybridge until midday, and at about that hour we found ourselves at the place where Shepperton Lock, the Way, and Thames joined. Part of the time we spent helping two old women to pack a little cart. The way has a terrible mouth, and at this point boats are to be hired, and there was a ferry across the river. On the Shepperton side was an inn with a lawn, and beyond that the tower of the Shepperton church. It had been replaced by a spire, and it rose above the trees. Here we found an excited and noisy crowd of fugitives, as yet, the flight had not grown to a panic. But there were already far more people than all the boats going to and fro were able to cross. People came panting along under heavy burdens. One one husband and wife were even carrying a small outhouse door between them, with some of their household goods piled thereon. One man told us he meant to try and get away from Shepperton Station. There was a lot of shouting, and one man even jesting. THE IDEA PEOPLE SEEMED TO HAVE HERE WAS THAT THE MARTIANS WERE SIMPLY FORMIDABLE HUMAN BEINGS WHO MIGHT ATTACK AND SACK THE TOWN TO BE CERTAINLY DESTROYED IN THE END. AND EVERY NOW AND THEN PEOPLE WOULD GLANCE NERVOUSLY ACROSS THE WAY AT THE MEADOWS TOWARDS Chertsey, BUT EVERYTHING OVER THERE WAS STILL. ACROSS THE THAMES, EXCEPT JUST WHERE THE BOATS LANDED, EVERYTHING WAS QUIET, IN VIVID CONTRAST TO THE Surrey SIDE. The people who landed there from the boats went tramping off down the lane. The big ferry boat had just made a journey. Three or four soldiers stood on the lawn of the inn, staring and jesting at the fugitives without offering to help. The inn was closed as it was now within prohibited hours. "'What's that?' cried a boatman. "'And shut up, you fool!' said a man near me to a yelping dog. Then the sound came again this time from the direction of Chertsey, a muffled thud, the sound of a gun. The fighting was beginning. Almost immediately, unseen batteries across the river to our right, unseen because of the trees, took up the chorus, firing heavily one after the other. A woman screamed. Everyone stood arrested by the sudden stir of the battle. Near us, and yet invisible to us. Nothing was to be seen save flat meadows, cows feeding unconcernedly for the most part, and silvery pollard willows motionless in the warm sunlight. Soldiers will stop them, said a woman beside me doubtfully. A haziness rose over the treetops. Then suddenly we saw a rush of smoke far away up the river, a puff of smoke that jerked up into the air and hung, and forthwith, with ground heavied underfoot, and a heavy explosion shook the air, smashing two or three windows in the houses near, and leaving us astonished. Here they are, shouted a man in a blue jersey. Yonder! Do you see them, yonder? Quickly, one after the other. One two, three, four of the armored Martians appeared. Far away, over the little trees, across the flat meadows that stretched towards Chertsey, and striding hurriedly towards the river, little cowled figures they seemed at first, going with a rolling motion, as fast as flying birds. Then, advancing obliquely towards us, came a fifth, Their armored bodies glittered in the sun as they swept swiftly forward on the guns, growing rapidly larger as they grew nearer. One on the extreme left, the remotest, that is, flourished a huge case high in the air, and the ghostly, terrible heat ray I had already seen on Friday night smote towards Jersey and struck the town. At the sight of these strange swift and terrible creatures. The crowd near the water's edge seemed to be for a moment horror-struck. There was no screaming, no shouting, but a silence. Then a hoarse murmur and a movement of feet, a splashing from the water. A man too frightened to drop the pomontio he carried on his shoulder swung round and sent me staggering with a blow from the corner of his burden. A woman thrust at me with her hand and rushed past me. I turned with the rush of people, but I was not too terrified for thought. The terrible heat ray was on my mind. To get underwater, that was it. Get underwater, I shouted, unheeded. I faced about again and rushed towards the approaching Martian, rushed right down the gravelly beach and headlong into the water. Others did the same. A boatload of people putting back came leaping out as I rushed past. The stones under my feet were muddy and slippery, and the river was so low that I ran perhaps twenty feet and was scarcely waist-deep. Then, as the Martians towered overhead, scarcely a couple of hundred yards away, I flung myself forward under the surface— The splashes of the people in the boats leaping into the river sounded like thunderclaps in my ears. People were landing hastily on both sides of the river. But the Martian machine took no more notice for the moment of the people running this way and that than a man would of the confusion of ants in a nest against which his foot is kicked. When, half suffocated, I raised my head above the water The Martian hood pointed at the batteries that were still firing across the river, and as it advanced, it swung loose what must have been the generator of the heat ray. In another moment, it was on the bank, and in a stride wading halfway across, the knees of its foremost legs bent at the further bank, and in another moment, it had raised itself to its full height again, close to the village of Shepperton. Forthwith, with six guns, unknown to anyone on the right bank, had been hidden beneath the outskirts of that village, fired simultaneously. The sudden near concussion, the last close upon the first, made my heart jump. The monster was already raising the case, generating the heat ray, as the first shell burst six yards above the hood. I gave a cry of astonishment. I I saw and thought nothing of the other four Martian monsters. My attention was riveted upon the nearer incident. Simultaneously, two other shells burst in the air near the body as the hood twisted round in time to receive, but not in time to dodge, the fourth shell. The shell burst clean in the face of the thing. The hooded bulged, flashed, and whirled off in a dozen tattered fragments of red flesh and glittering metal. Hit! shouted I with something between a scream and a cheer. I heard answering shouts from the people on the water about me. I could have leaped out of the water with that momentary exultation. And with that, we're going to end this chapter. We'll pick it up and continue part two of chapter 12 in our next stream. Wow. The fight is on and the Martians apparently are not as invincible as they seem. <laughs> All right. We will have the, uh, the rest of chapter 12 coming up on Wednesday night. Patreon.com slash Jay Sheldon if you want to help support the show. Thank you so much for joining And uh, we'll see you again, Wednesday night, 10 o'clock Malaysia time. Until then, I'm Jay Sheldon, and I'm not wearing pants. Good night.